Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Man and Man Podcast. I, as always, and never change. I am Kelvin Dooley. With me, as always, this never changes. First name train, last name Vine. I know him as Big Time TV. TV, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, just hanging in there. Uh, doing a lot, doing a lot of work, picking up some extra stuff, and uh, just uh, you know, getting by and trying to uh get ready for this podcast this morning so i'm ready to go ready to talk some sports we got we got plenty of stuff to talk about yeah you seem a little down this morning it's not the typical big town tv i hear <laughs> um you know i don't know i don't know if i'm down or just worn out i think it's probably worn out i don't feel <laughs> down uh, but i feel worn out i feel like i've just yeah. been run, running around like like uh like a chicken with his head cut off uh, you know, I've never seen that that metaphor, that analogy before. I've never seen a, a chicken, a headless chicken, running around. Uh-huh. So I always imagine it. It's a like it's very crazy. Like it's mind blowing. Yeah. 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 So, hey, that, I think that's 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 a typical energy, man. On a Friday, you know, we're yeah. all excited for Friday to be here, uh, but we're all also kind of worn down at the same time now that it's here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Typical feeling, man. I can't wait to get this shift over today on my end so i'm with you on that one absolutely yes coming up on today's show we discuss major league umpires will begin announcing to the tv audience and the fans in attendance um the replay review decisions which should be interesting they're like up they're like the last major sport or at least one of the last major sports to um to participate in this. So the mics, the umps will be mic'd and we will discuss that. Hey, Doc Rivers finally criticizes James Harden. What does that mean in the short and long term? And we discuss the possibility of Anthony Davis and LeBron James returning back to the starting lineup against the Pelicans tonight. We'll discuss their chances of making the play-in tournament. But first, we start every show with national holidays. Uh, here's April's, here's two April's greatest holiday. It is not a national holiday, but it's today's national holiday. April Fool's TV. Do you have a great April Fool's story, joke, prank that you've played on someone? You know, I probably have done a couple of good April Fool's jokes over the years, but I can't think of one that was great. Um, I, I probably, I probably had a few when I was younger that I thought were hilarious, but no, there's, there's not really one that I've done that stands out to me. Um, like I said, I, I know I've participated and done some, but uh, there, and there were probably a few when I was younger that I thought were just hilarious, but none that I can remember. Um, but, you know, th- this is always a fun holiday. People trying to get people with April Fool's jokes, especially uh, it seems in the sports world as of as of late, uh, people trying to trick people with trade rumors. Um, so uh, I always enjoy this, always enjoy checking out the, the pranks that people try to pull on April Fool's. This holiday has kind of lost its luster with me over over my adult years, at least. Mm-hmm. This holiday meant so much as a teenager. Uh, yeah, be, you know, for the pranks, for yeah. some of the social media, um, you know, jokes, you know, and things like that. Going to school, this is, you know, one of the first weeks, first few days back after spring break. So we yeah. get to indulge quickly into April Fool's. As an adult, though, it hasn't this day hasn't really stood out to me over the, like the last six years. It's just another day. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with that. I, it's been a long time, probably since I tried to pull a, a good April Fool's prank. Um, but it's like I said, I, I enjoy checking Twitter because I know there's going to be something, and you got you've got to keep your mind uh, ready because you're going to see something. I I feel like every year I see something where somebody's like, oh, you know, so and so was traded. You know, and, and you got to keep your mind open. Like, ah, oh. yeah. Uh, so, I, I like, like you said, last six years or so I, since I since I tried to pull a prank, and I don't I don't have a good one off the top of my head that I've done. Uh, but this this is always a fun holiday to see the people try and try and get somebody with a good prank. For sure. Today is also National Sour Bread Day, Walk to Work Day and national one cent day of those final three any of those you like tv 
um was it walk to work day yes yeah i'm i'm out on that one i i live way too far from work so <laughs> we're we're not going to be enjoying that one today uh i would say one cent day uh i think you know I think we as humans overlook the penny. Uh, anytime we get changed, I feel like a lot of people just nah, toss it. And <laughs> I bet, I bet if we, I bet if we kept all that change we had and, and those specifically p- pennies that we've thrown away, man, there's no telling uh, what kind of stuff we could have saved up and, and turned those pennies into. So I, I think the the one cent is, is probably overlooked in this country. I'm with you 100%. I, you know, in, in terms of driving uh, distance, duration, I only stay 10 minutes away from work. That's probably an hour walk for me. So oh, I'll wow. also skip out on that one. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. One cent day. And um, I've never been so ahead of myself to throw away money, so at least uh, just flick away pennies. And yeah. I don't know, just, you know, I've, I, I, there was a moment in my life, maybe a six month stretch where I was just picking up pennies. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm humble enough to pick up a penny. You know, I just, you know, I pocket it and take it to my, my, uh, my little piggy bank. Now I have a large chief's bottle, uh, coin saver, you know, Mm -hmm. as my piggy bank. I only said that to say, yeah, I, I, I collect pennies now. I don't throw them away. I don't give them away. I don't, Hey, I don't say keep the change. No, give me my penny and my nickels and my dimes. Yep. And I would take them to my, my little coin collection. So I'm with you on that one, man. Never been big enough to pick up a penny. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't throw away pennies. So here's the national one cent day. It's and good. without further ado, that is it is time for the moment of doom. Maybe that'll, uh, Maybe that'll make you feel better, TV. Yeah, yeah. That, get, get me ready on this Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The final four. We are going to make our final predictions. The final four kicks off for the ladies tonight. But we're going to discuss the men first who get their <clears throat> final four matchups are set for Saturday, and they will conclude uh, their championship on Monday. So, TV, let's make these predictions. Who are the two teams making it? How do they make it? And then give me a national champion for Monday. Um, we'll start with the Kansas and uh, Villanova game. I think yep. this. I think this is a, a great game. Um, I think. I think it'll be a very entertaining basketball game. I've. I've I was kind of hard on Kansas early in the tournament. Um, Ochai Obaji, their their top player, um, did not look like himself. He was not scoring the ball that well. Wasn't shooting the ball that well, in general. Uh, but but they had Remy Martin, uh, the guard you mentioned on on Tuesday. He was coming off the bench playing really well for Kansas. Uh, scored 20 plus in in both of those in the second and third round games. So the, so the round of 32 in the Sweet 16, he scored 20 plus in both of those games. He was great. Uh, really made up for Ochai Abaji not shooting the ball very well. Abaji though really picked it up uh, against Miami uh, in that big second half that Kansas had to go on to beat Miami after trailing at halftime. Uh, so Abaji really picked it up. Kansas looks even better. I mean, it's just it, they say it a, a lot, you know, like when your best players rolling, your team is going to be at their best. And Kansas looked like they were at their best in that second half against Miami when Abaji really picked it up uh, and, and had a great game. So Kansas has really taken another step. They barely got past Creighton in the second round, barely got past Providence, uh, but then they smacked Miami in, in the Elite Eight. So they're playing their best basketball right now. I think they're going to be hard to beat, especially – since Villanova has their second leading scorer down with a, a torn Achilles. So he's not going to be playing. Um, and and with, with Villanova missing a player, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but with them missing uh, their second leading scorer, Kansas has really picked it up and they're really rolling. Kelvin, I, I look for Kansas to win this game. Good game. Jay Wright, the head coach at Villanova, is, is too good. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's going to have his team prepared even without – uh, their their second leading scorer, but I still mm-hmm. think Kansas ultimately at the end of this, and I think Kansas becomes too much, and uh, I think they win this game. I agree, I, and I think their lack of scoring, uh, the lack of having a second scorer, 
I think that just comes back to bite them instantly in this game. Jay Wright and that team, they're going to they're going to play defense, and I think their defense will keep them in the game. Ultimately, I just think Kansas will prove to be too much because they just will be the deeper team and the more talented team, not to mention they're also a well-coached team, and they're probably playing their best brand of basketball right now, which matters the most. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I agree. I just got Kansas here. Villanova will make it close. And honestly, yeah. e- even without their second score, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off a victory here. I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Maybe they just rally around that injured teammate. Um, and, you know, they push through. And they, they bring a little bit more to the table than Kansas and they can win a game like this. But, I yeah, I'll just have to go with KU. And it pains me to say that, regardless of how yeah. distant Mizzou is from the Big 12. Yeah. I still don't like Kansas, you know, yeah, yeah. today. Uh, they did renew that rivalry this year, I think, with a an early season matchup, Mizzou versus Kansas, if I'm not mistaken, when Kansas crushed us. But regardless, uh, back to the Final Four. Yeah, I got Kansas winning this game, and I think Kansas advances to the national championship game. And it's been a it's been quite some time since we've seen the Jayhawks in the national title game. It has. It's been a very long time since we've seen that. Um, and I'm with you. Look, I'm, I'm going to reiterate it. I think Villanova is is they're going to be in this game and they're going to be enough in this game that when it comes down to the end, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they have a shot to win this game, I'm not going to, I'm still picking Kansas. Uh, I'm not like trying to sway my pick. I'm just, I'm with you. I, I want to reiterate. I think Villanova will be in this game all the way to the end. I think they will have a shot to win this game. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying it's going to come on a buzzer beater or you know, I'm not trying to predict down, down to the play, but I do think they have a shot. Uh, once it comes down to the wire, you know whether whether they execute the right plays or not. Uh, I, I think they'll they'll put themselves in the spot to win this game. On to the headliner, the yes. the grand of the matchups of the two. North Carolina Tar Heels face off against the Duke Blue Devils, part three. Um, I mean, it truly this is the national championship game. I hate that that this was on the same side of the bracket because this is it truly. I I don't say that to dismiss anything and take anything away from KU and Nova, but this right here, this game is – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this matchup is only – maybe the winner of this matchup goes to the championship. And I mean, of course, that's what's taking place here. But given that it's such a historic rivalry, Uh maybe it's meant to be that the loser – you know, the winner kicks the rival out of the tournament. Maybe it's just meant to be here, opposed to a national championship game. Either way you slice it, you can't go wrong with this matchup. TV, your predictions, Tar Heels, Blue Devils, who wins it, who goes to the national championship? You know, I'm going to – this is another interesting one. So, um, neither one of these teams was I I super high on coming in. North Carolina had kind of an up-and-down year this year, and I wasn't sure what to expect from them in the tournament. And then Duke, of course, they were great, and they've got uh, Paolo Bancaro. Um, we, we all knew what they were capable of. But in my mind, every time I look at this tournament, the teams that I try to single out of the great ones, of the great teams, the ones that I know are capable of a long run, um, the ones I try to single out are the young teams. The young, inexperienced teams usually don't make a super long run in March Madness, and they usually don't just because they don't have that experience of playing in big games in, in college, you know, sure. They, they've probably played in plenty of big games in high school. Um, but this, this level, this college level, this March madness, this event, it is such a big event. It's just the, the stage is so much higher and it's just, I mean, those young teams don't usually perform how you would expect. I, I, I came in kind of low on Duke, but they've been, they've been great. Ben Carroll was huge in their win over Texas tech, uh, which, which, which was a tough win. Um, so Duke, Duke has really kind of changed my mind the same way Kansas did. Uh, and I, I'm really feeling Duke right now. I think Ben Caro is, is playing some of his best basketball of the season, especially in, in the last couple of games, but North Carolina, Kelvin, what they did to teams was they spread the floor. They have multiple shooters. Brady, Man- Brady Manick is one of them. Um, Caleb Love, of course, is their star. They've got the big man in Baycott, um, RJ Davis even had a huge game uh, against Baylor, the the big upset over Baylor when Brady Manick was ejected. Caleb Love fouled out later in that game. And so those two guys are down, and RJ Davis is about the only scoring guard they have left on the floor. 
and um, he, he was able to get it done. I think he broke 30 points in that game. So North Carolina's ability to spread the floor is going to be tough to defend. No one has done a very good job with it yet. They scored 90-plus points in their first two games of the tournament. I, I think this team will pose a threat to Duke, but I'm going to go with the best player on the floor, Kelvin. I think the best coach in the arena, um, and, I, and I'm going to go with Duke. I think I think Bancaro is the best player on the floor, and I think Coach K is the best coach in the arena, and I think that's what's going to win this game. North Carolina is going to pose their, their threat to Duke by spreading the floor. They're going to be hard to defend. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a very high-scoring game. But when it comes down to it, in a game like this, a blue-blood rival matchup like you alluded to, Coach K and Paolo Bancaro, I think, get the better of North Carolina. Yep, I predicted Tuesday that Duke will win this. I'm going to stand by it. And I'm just going to go solely off of what I entailed on Tuesday. Hey, North, the last time we've seen this matchup, North Carolina spoiled Coach K's final home game. You're right. And I, Duke hasn't forgotten that. Like, Duke played well in that first half. They wet the bed in the second half. I mean, North Carolina rubbed it in those final, you know, minute of that game. Um, this what some of their antics, and these antics are, these aren't like, you know, showmanship, poor showmanship, you know, uh, middle finger to you antics. You know, just classy, classy antics is, you know, the yelling, the beating on your chest, the dunking, yeah. regular, you know, rival antics, nothing crazy. Duke hasn't forgotten that. You know, um, and and they really spoiled that night. That was a that was that was supposed to be uh, just an all time night where they they beat up on the rival who they crushed in in part one of this matchup in North Carolina to crush the Tar Heels. That was just supposed to be a special night. North Carolina came in and ruined the rivalry, or at least ruined the night. Duke hasn't forgotten that, and I think on this stage they want to prove to all of the world that we're the better half of this rivalry. And they're going to have the opportunity. I'm going to pick the Duke Blue Devils to do that. Like I said, they do have the best player on the court. Um, I think they just have a more complete team. I think they can get buzz. They, I think they can get buckets a little bit easier. Okay. They can shoot the ball well. I, I'm not I, Duke. I don't see them as a great shooting team, but they can shoot the ball well, well enough to win a title. Certainly mm-hmm. they play defense uh, when they really get the rolling Duke really rolls. So North Carolina, as if, as if, as with the rest of the ACC, it seemed like the whole ACC was kind of up and down that first half of the season. As you know, anyway, the second half of the season, the ACC, in my opinion, was the best basketball conference. Anyway, at least at the turn of the new year, that was the excuse me, that was the best basketball conference. So we've seen that because now we have two ACC teams uh, in the Final Four. So. Yeah. You know, I'm going with the Blue Devils. This is, I think this has every, this is, I don't know. I don't know if you can script something like this. This is, this is, I I can see like a Disney movie being made about this whole season between the two teams and how they met in the final four, winner take all. And uh, yeah, to get the, you know, get themselves a chance to play for a national title. So uh, look, congratulations to Hubbard, the coach of the, of the, of the Tar Heels. Uh, I forget his first name for some reason. And I might – what is his name? You know his name by chance, TV? Um, North Carolina's new head coach? Yeah. Uh, Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis. I said Hubert. Hubert Davis. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to him um, because, yeah, he's he's had a, an up-and-down first season with the Tar Heels, yet he still possessed the talent, the coaching to rally up his guys and get them to a Final Four. So yes. uh, he has a bright future ahead of him Absolutely. with that program. So to see him get this Final Four experience – against Coach K, man, I think that'll go a long way into what he'll be able to build uh, with the Tar Heels. So I, I can't wait for this tomorrow night, man. I am so excited. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, great season from Davis. Uh, the, the regular season wasn't what they wanted. They had some stretches that were that were definitely, you know, just, just not their best basketball. Um, but they've turned it on. They turned it on to end the season, and then they've turned it on in March Madness. I mean, scoring 90-plus in two straight March Madness games is no joke. I don't care mm-hmm. – I don't care who you're playing against, you know, and, and they were the nine seed going against Marquette, the eight seed, and then they did it against Baylor, one of the best defensive teams in the Big 12 who, you know, they obviously had their struggles that game. I, I think if you play that game over ten times, I think Baylor probably wins eight of those. Um, you know, I, I truly think Baylor was the better basketball team. North Carolina just had a great game, and and you need that in March, in March Madness. You don't, you don't always have to be the best team on paper. You, you have to be the best team on the floor, and they were that day. Um, yep. And Hubert Davis has done a great job of getting these guys ready uh, for for this tournament. So uh, 
they've had one heck of a run, even if it ends against Coach K and, and Paolo Bancaro. Uh, this has been one heck of a run just to get these guys to the Final Four in his first season as head coach. Briefly, let's just touch on the ladies' Final Four. Yes. This one I'm, I'm just as excited for. I, I said this on Tuesday. I think both of these matchups are just greater than the two we have in the men's uh, Final mm-hmm. Four. I think the women's possess the star power. They got, you know, uh, the Naismith Player of the Year is still in this Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably the best player in women's uh, collegiate women's basketball is still in this final four, along with the Naismith player of the year. I mean, this final four, this is a huge deal, at least to me. I love these two matchups. My prediction, I got South Carolina, UConn uh, in the final four in the championship game for Sunday night because I think they kick off their matchups tonight. Yes. Um, is Louisville, South Carolina, and Stanford, UConn. Do I got that yep. right? Yes, sir. Yep. Um, look, I would not be surprised – I would be surprised if Louisville made it. I like Louisville, uh, and they have a, a young star in Ben Lathan. Um, but I, I don't know if they got enough to beat. South Carolina is huge. They're really yeah. big. They have great guard play. They're great in transition. Um, I know they have the Naismith Basketball Player of the Year, but that guard, the little guard they got, man, I'm, I'm drawing blanks on their names. So I need to pay attention to detail a little mm-hmm. bit more. Nonetheless, that that they're they're a talented bunch. I would be surprised if Louisville beats them, but I know Louisville's going to put up a fight. They didn't get here by accident. They're a one seed for a reason. They're going to come to play. I would not be surprised if Stanford could take down UConn. I know UConn possibly has the best player in the nation, but Stanford has. They got some troopers, man. They got some hoopers. Uh, they, they, I think, they currently had the leading scorer in the NCAA tournament right now for Stanford. So that one, that one's going to be a dandy too. But I got UConn and Paige Beckers advancing and um, meeting up with South Carolina in the championship game game on Sunday night. Yes, yeah, so we were identical with the men's um, picks. We we both went with Duke and Kansas, uh, and we're we're identical here. I, Dawn Staley, I, I talked about her on Tuesday at South Carolina. I think she's she's really just building a a championship pedigree at South Carolina. She is. I think she is going to be a great coach for, you know, a, a long time at South Carolina. Um, I'm going to pick them. Aaliyah Boston, uh, Naismith Aaliyah player Boston. of the year that you mentioned. Yeah. She She's at South Carolina, and, and like you said, I mean, she's not the only one. They've got multiple players over there. Um, their their team is, is deep. It's really good. Um, they have the size. And I think in women's basketball, man, like not that in men's basketball it isn't, but I think size – is even more important in women's basketball than it is in men's basketball. I think yep. having those ladies down there that can just clean the glass uh, and they can put their back to the basket, you know, in one quick turn, they're there and they're putting the ball over their defender and, and in for an easy layup. Just um, when you have someone and just make one quick move and get a bucket, I think that's huge in women's basketball. Um and, and South Carolina has that. They have the size. And I, I think that overwhelms Louisville. So I'm with you. Uh, I, I, not that Louisville is a bad team because they're not. But I think, I think I'm think – I don't know if I'd say a blowout, but I'm very, very confident in South Carolina winning that game. So I got South Carolina. And then with UConn, it's just – it's hard to go against Paige Beckers. I think now that this team's healthy, I think I'm going to roll with Beckers and UConn uh, over Stanford. Stanford um, does pose a threat. You really talked about last – um, last on the last show, uh, the the guard play that they have, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm drawing a blank on on her name as well. But but the the, the really solid guard um, for Stanford will will be will be a threat. I think this is a, a if I were to pick a game that's better, I think this will be the better game of the Final Four matchups. Um, but I'm gonna roll with UConn, Gino Oriema again, just great coach. They have a championship pedigree over there and have had it for a long time. So I'm going to go with UConn and Paige Beckers. Yeah, UConn has lost four straight semifinal games. It yeah. has been four years since they've been in the national championship game. I wouldn't, again, I would not be surprised if it, if Stanford made it a fifth year. Stanford is very worthy yeah. that they possess, if not the same talent, greater talent. Uh, they're just as deep. The lone difference may be Paige Beckers. I mean, and shout out, look, I don't know if this deserves a shout out, so I'm probably going to say that, a shout out. But in the women's, in women's basketball, they're cranking out actual stars in the in this sport. Yes. We can just go over the last, 
I don't know. Just start with Maya Moore. And th- look, don't get me, don't get it twisted. There's been stars previous to Maya Moore, uh, stars who have built this game up to where it's at today. But how the last decade of women uh, basketball players have their taking that torch and actually uplifted the sport. And it started here at the collegiate level, right? Mm-hmm. And they get all the exposure at the high school level with the and one, not and one, but the ball is life. And uh, just all these different, you know, high school followings that they've built up. They go for the men too. They get started in high school. They carry the sport uh, at the collegiate level. And then they become just stars at the WNBA level. But man, the WNBA, or I'm sorry, just women's basketball and the athletes over the last decade, man, they're cranking out legit stars. And it's been fun to learn and follow some of these ladies um, starting here at the collegiate level. Like, man, Paige Buckers and company, Boston. Uh, I know South Carolina has a young lady who name start with a Z. I'm just drawing a blank arm who I followed in high school a little bit. They're just, they're actual stars, man. And they actually ball. So I love to see it. That's why I'm a little excited for these two matchups because I, Van Lathan as well. I, I I was aware of her in high school. Get mm-hmm. to see these ladies just progress and play at this level on the biggest games. They're just not they're just not social media stars. They actually put work into their game and see how face off against each other at this level, man. Man, I'm so excited for this final four. So yes, uh, a couple things. I'll make this short and sweet. But um, one thing I noticed, I saw saw something shared on Twitter. The the like leading five nil. Uh, you know, get the name image likeness, making money, profiting off their name. The top five, I think it was in all of college basketball, men and yes. women. Four yep. of them are women. Only one yes. is a man, and that, and that is uh, Palo Bancaro, I believe. Uh, 100%. That's huge, dude. That's huge. I seen that post, and number one was Paige. The young lady whose name started with a Z, like, I'm not even going to try. She was like number three or four on the list for South Carolina. Uh, she's one of the young guards, like two-year, three-year guards right now for South Carolina. Um, man, I wish I knew her name. It's – I don't know. Uh, I, I recall seeing that list. And, yeah, it was four women. I forget the other two that were on there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that is – that's a huge deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, again, that, they, the way they've carried their own – their respective sport uh, is phenomenal, man. Like, w, the, the women's athletes, specifically in basketball, they, they got a case for being some of the most special athletes – on the planet as well, man. And they're making the case for it with their play, with their endorsements, or with their voice. We see it in the, um, the U.S. women's soccer teams and their athletes. I mean, come on, man. They're like, the ladies are doing their thing. And I love to be there to support it and watch it as a fan. Yeah. And, and here's the last thing I'll say on that. If you – there's clearly people who love watching these ladies and people who clearly love supporting them and just being a part of their game. If you're one of the ones – who you still think women's sports are behind men's sports, you need to wake up. Yeah. Four, out, four out of five college basketball players are you know, making the most money on NIL deals. Being women is proof that women are right there with men in, te- in terms of sports. Um, you wake up. Wake up and realize this, this, isn't, this isn't 1990. Women and men's sports are at the same level. Yeah. Um, are we going to go ahead and predict the championships of both of these or moving on to the next? Um, yeah, we can pick the championship because both games will take place prior to Tuesday's night's episode. So I have the Duke Blue Devils winning it all. Okay. And I have – I go with South Carolina. I think they repeat. Okay. Well, here's where we're opposite. Kelvin, mm. I'm going to go KU, and, and I'm sticking with, my, with what I mentioned earlier inexperienced, I think, gets Duke in the championship. I think they have the better player on the floor still. They probably still have the better coach. Maybe not. Bill Self's right there with Coach K in terms of legendary uh, coaching. He's, he's, he's right up there with him. Um, but I think Duke is still probably the better overall ta- most talent. But I'm going with the experience. I, I, I just I really believe in experience in this tournament. I think Kansas uh, wins it all. In terms of the women, I'm going to disagree again. I'm going with Paige Beckers in UConn. I think this is the mm-hmm. year they get over the hump. Uh, you mentioned the, the four years in a row uh, falling in, in the final four. I think they get out of the final four. I think they also win a championship. I'm going to go with Paige Beckers in UConn over South Carolina. There you go. And up next, we have Kelvin. Anthony Davis, LeBron James might be returning. Uh, tonight against the Pelicans, Friday night, 
Is this enough for them to reinsert themselves? Do you think they win tonight? I win ahead of the Pelicans. Do you think, or well, it wouldn't put them ahead of the Pelicans, but it would put them ahead of the Spurs. Uh, do you think this is enough to reinsert themselves into the play-in tournament? No, I think they lose tonight. I, okay. I don't. I don't give a crap who's on the floor for the Lakers at this point. They lose. Um, they've lost so many. They've had. They got. The, they ha- currently host the second worst record post All Star break, oh. uh, and that's with LeBron James. Uh, that all of that is without Anthony Davis, of course. But that's with LeBron. It's with the rest of those bums. Look, they're Ooh. they're they're not going to win this game. The Pelicans have crushed the Lakers all season. The Pelicans have had a great second half of the season. Uh, now that CJ got uh, CJ McCollum has just gotten his feet wet and got acclimated to the team, they've really picked up their play. Uh, they're certainly heading for a playing uh, game, at least the Pelicans are. So mm-hmm. I, think, I don't know if they're crushing them again tonight if both of those stars play for the Lakers, but they'll beat them. You know, it's it's one thing to play. To get in basketball shape and reinsert yourself in a dominant fashion doesn't happen over, over one game. Don't let Paul George fool you. Uh, it takes more than just one game, especially this late in the season where you got to start picking up games uh, gaining some ground. No, I, I think they'll lose this game. And I, I've i said this, I don't know, this probably may be like the 10th time I said it. The Lakers may not make the playoffs. They will not make the playoffs. They just won't. They're not even going to make yeah. the playoffs. Look, man, you, you've been you've been on, on that since like February, I think. So um, I think sometime in February is when we, we started talking about this and you've been saying they aren't going to make it. And you were right. Uh, I, I kept saying that they would probably keep a hold of a playing spot, but I'm done. I think I'm out on them now. They've got, what, five or six games left, uh, same as everyone else in the league, five, six, seven games left at most. Um, I, I don't think it's enough for them to make the play-in tournament. LeBron can only do so much. Um, LeBron has done a lot. He's done a lot this year to try and keep this team afloat. Um, you know, I, I think even maybe he's done too much. That's another take for another day where we could talk for, for a long time. But I think LeBron's maybe even done too much for the Lakers this year. Um I think I think the Lakers are done. I think this season is over with. I think they'd be better served uh, to just you know hang it up. Uh, what what is a playing tournament? What good does a playing tournament do for you anyways? You get two extra games, and then you get an eight or a seven seed, and you're playing the Suns or the um, Grizzlies. Good luck. Good luck. You're gonna get swept. So um, you know at, at this point, making the playing tournament gets you six extra games. And makes LeBron James six games closer to retirement. So uh, I, I'd just hang it up from the Lakers. I, I don't think AD and LeBron returning tonight does any good. Yeah. So check this out. Let's just say they do get in. I agree. They they if they meet the Suns, they get swept. We I said this on Tuesday. I think we both said this. At least I know I did. That's the best mm-hmm. team in basketball right now, yeah. the Phoenix Suns, and it's not even close. Uh, they've ran away with the West. They've clinched their number one seed. It's, I mean, just so on and so on. And I won't harp on how great they are. They run into the Suns. They'll get swept. Now, the Grizzlies, though, you said inexperienced with Duke. I think the same Ooh. rules apply with Memphis. That's, that's um, a good point. You know, I, I like Ja. They're 19-2 without him, okay? Uh, the, the, the reports are he'll be ready for the postseason. With that being said, hey, the two top players on the court, I know – AD hasn't been healthy and been able to prove his dominance and his greatness this year. But the top two players on the court are LeBron James and Anthony Davis against the Grizzlies. Okay. And I just trust LeBron James and Anthony Davis against the Grizzlies. They're, the Grizzlies also are the better team with an MVP caliber player this year over LeBron James. But in the postseason, in round one, just hypothetically, they meet the Lakers. Man, I would be hard-pressed not to choose the Lakers. Oh, the Suns, they get swept. The Grizzlies, though, I don't know, man. Wow. I, I think I may be rolling with the – assuming they can just do what it takes to get that two – that, you know, that two-seated matchup against the Grizzlies. I would probably go Lakers there because, yeah. Wow. I, man, it's just – I don't know. It's LeBron James against, what, a fourth-year MVP candidate who, so- who whose team is just really good without him. So after not believing in them to make the playoffs for two months, yeah. flipping the script and saying if they do get the perfect matchup that they can upset the Grizzlies. That's crazy. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. So so the Grizzlies are young. Uh, Desmond Bain even. Like, like when John Moran's out, their best player 
scorer is usually Desmond Bain. He's very young. I think he's a second-year player out of West Virginia. Um, he's very young as well. He He's not um, Desmond Bain. Maybe he's not West Virginia. Maybe he's TCU. Regardless, he came from a Big 12 school. That's why I know the name. Desmond Bain. Didn't you say, didn't you say Iowa State? I think he, he's TCU or West Virginia, Desmond Bain is. I just don't know. Oh, West Virginia, yeah. yeah. I think you did say that one day. Okay, yeah. So One of um, the two. So Desmond Bain, been a great player um, when, when John Morant's out, they're, but they're young. They're young almost everywhere. Their only experience, I don't Stephen Adams is their big man, yes? Yes. So, I mean, that's really their extent of their experience. Um, they're young. They, they, they've just got young players everywhere. Um, they're a great team. You know, Memphis calls themselves Grind City. I think that fits this team very well. Um, I, I think, you know, they, they are just a grinded-out team. They're young, they're athletic, they're tough, they're gritty. Um, but, man, it I, I wouldn't – maybe not swept, but there's no way I'm taking the Lakers against the Grizzlies in a seven-game series. I just can't do it. Um, again, it maybe not swept, but there's just no way I would take the Lakers in this series. I see where you're coming from. But we we disagree on that one. I, no no way I'm taking the Lakers. I, I, yeah, that in the that's just assuming that the cards align perfectly yeah, for the Lakers, which I don't think they will, and I don't even think they'll make the playing game. So uh, we stick with the NBA. Doc Rivers following a twenty point blown lead loss to the Detroit Pistons. I think it was last night. Yes. Um, trying himself criticizing James Harden on his play in that game, again, where the Sixers blew a 20-point lead against the lowly Pistons. TV, your thoughts on Doc criticizing Harden? What does this mean in the short and long term for these, for player and coach and the 76ers? Well, so you mentioned the lowly Pistons, right? They're, they're like one of the worst teams in the NBA, not just lowly. Um, so, so losing a game like this is just somebody's got to get criticized. Um, I, in my opinion, I mean, how do you blow a game to, to, to one of the worst teams in the NBA when you're battling for a one seed in your conference? Um, the, the way it was asked, there was a reporter asked a question regarding players on the team. I don't remember how the question was asked, but Doc's response was, yes, they struggled. Um, yep, they struggled. We struggled shooting or something like that. And then he goes on to say, but. James struggled more than they did, or it was more on James than it was them. That's how he said it. It was more on James than it was them. Um, yeah, it's, it sounds to me like he's kind of blaming the loss on James, right? But when you look at the numbers, I think he's in the right for putting that blame on James Harden. James shot four for 15, two from nine, uh, specifically beyond, beyond the arc. Um, so, Inside inside the three-point line, he was two for six, which is still not great. It's, it's limited numbers, but it still isn't great. Uh, four, look, four for 15 for for the night when you've got Joel Embiid, who's playing well. Uh, Tobias Harris, if you look at the numbers, he went two for three from beyond the arc. Um, when you've got teammates that are shooting the ball, and again, Harris would have been limited numbers. It's only two for three. You know, he could have missed his next six threes too, I guess, um, and then been equal to, to James's two for nine. But when you, when you look at, the surrounding, the supporting cast, and James has shot four for fifteen. Look, you've got to, you've got to realize at some point, instead of wasting eleven possessions, his eleven missed shots, you know, give some teammates some of those opportunities. You know, maybe spread the ball six of those shot attempts because you're not, you're not making it fall, um, and maybe find your teammates a little more. So, look, I, I'm with Doc Rivers. I, I think, I, I think James Harden on that in that night, I think he's okay for for saying that it's more on James than it was the other guys. Um, share the ball a little more. I think quit, quit pulling the trigger so much. Uh, realize when you don't have it, you're a professional, and uh, share the ball to your teammates. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Doc Rivers has been there done this with, with NBA superstars, yeah. okay, over the last 15 seasons. He has a championship over the last 15 seasons. Uh, I think probably at the 15th season in back in 2008 yeah. when the last time he won his, his NBA title. Uh, regardless, he's been there, done that with NBA superstars. He look, there's a lot of situations where he hasn't handled things properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, dating back to Lob City, dating back to some of these Philly teams, most recently these Philly teams. Uh, but I think I, I just trust the intuition. I trust him as a coach at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He's, you know, look, all it takes is one title to become, you know, to be labeled a champion. He's a champion. He knows what it takes, you know. Um, and look, I think somebody has to do it with James Harden, you know. It, just somebody has to just call him out for when – look, his brand of offense works in the regular season. Late into the season like we are now, where we're, what, two weeks away from or we can have away from just a play-in tournament game. Mm-hmm. His brand of basketball just doesn't really work. Like the dribble, 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 then pass. The dribble, 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 find yourself in the lane to pass. It, that brand of basketball just doesn't work. And I think we're now starting to see that come to play now already with five games remaining in the NBA season. Like, you got to play a better team basketball. And you got to buy into the system. The system, if if you guys trust in the system, then maybe you can go out there and execute it to perfection and go out there and win ball games. This is what I would like to see from the 76ers. Jay, I mean, uh, Joel B take the ball out of James Harden's hands. You know, none. I don't need you out there at the top of the key dancing with the basketball. Mm-hmm. That crap doesn't work, James. All right? I've been a little – look. He has a case to say, you have gotten no further than me in the playoffs. We've, we've, we've in our history, gotten as close to each other. Uh, we've gotten no closer to a championship. You have gotten no closer to a, to a championship than I have. Yeah. All right. No more dancing. Let's just, I don't know. Just go back to Shaq and Kobe style basketball. If we got to run the triangle, the square, or the circle, let's make it happen. But I'm not watching you dribble and pat the ball all day. Come on now, like. I need you to be a true point guard. All right, yeah. run the offense. Give me the ball, and let's go. The fact that this criticism is coming so late in the season, I don't know if it votes well for the Sixers. I really don't know that. I it may it may like actually halt their progress, and it does like ascend it. So I don't think this is, I don't think this is good for the Sixers. I think this is good for Doc Rivers because this is right up his alley, and he knows what he's doing. Again, he's been there, done that with NBA superstars. James Harden has to be the one to up his game, though. Yep. Joel Embiid up his leadership, and I don't say that to criticize Embiid, but up your leadership. James Harden just up your game, man. Simple. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, the, the question you asked, you know, was was you know how what where does this well you know what does this do for the 76ers this late in the season? Um, you know, in terms of, you know, how, how do they handle this? Does it cause drama? Does it cause uh, trouble? I, I don't think it does. Um, I think, I think, I think it all falls on James Harden. Like you, you, you said, um, just how, kind of how James handles it. I think it falls on James Harden. If he, if he carries this, if he, if he lets it, if he lets it come to him, he takes it and he carries it and he improves from, from the comment, it's fine. If he, if he lets it affect him, if he lets it uh, get in his head, if he tries to make a difference on the court because Doc Rivers said he was, you know, at fault or more at fault than than other people on the team, if he lets that get in his head and he lets it bother him, then it becomes a problem. I think if he handles it well, though, if he's a professional and he just goes out and he does better the next night, doesn't try to do too much, you know, doesn't try to change the game more than he should, um, I, think, I, think, I think the 76ers handle it fine. Uh, James Harden is a good basketball player. He is a good passer. He needs to find those times to share the rock. I just, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to it. Seven missed three-pointers. I mean, like, look, there, there's people that have the green light. There, there's, Steph Curry is, is obviously the first guy that comes to, comes to mind from beyond the arc. But two for nine is not good. Seven missed threes. Take three of those missed three-pointers, maybe four of those missed three-pointers, and find an open teammate. Tobias Harris was two for three. Find him on four of those threes that you shot. And maybe he makes two of them. You've got six more points. You know, it just it, it's easy to, to number crunch like that. But look, J- James James is smart. He's he's a good basketball player. He's got to find a way to be more efficient and just be take it take this criticism positively. Don't take it negatively. And I think seven sixers are fine. Let's hope so. Um, let's wrap it up with the MLB umpires. I know you'll like this one, TV. Yes, sir. So MLB umpires, uh, you know it. Every other league, um, like you said, at least the majority of the other professional sport or major sports, uh, NBA and NFL are the first two that come to mind. When you when you're doing a review, they announce it back to the crowd and to the TV. You know, this is what we saw. This is what the ruling is. Boom. You know, so that way everyone knows. MLB is finally doing it, Kelvin. Um, what does that? What do you think of that? Um, you know, what is 
What does that mean to you? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Um, we are going to hear now why, you know, an umpire made the call they made. I, I do like it. I've been a huge component of the Major League Baseball, just trying new things. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a good start or a good continuance of that. Hey, mm -hmm. just announce all our decisions. Be transparent. Let the people know what we're seeing. Major League Baseball, just like a lot of the other major sports, suck at instant replay, you know, play review. Um, it's not – across all sports, it's not really, like, working like we want it to work. And baseball probably has it worse than others. Um, I know football can be really bad. Basketball, Jesus Christ, they're, they're probably the worst, too. I'm not going to lie. But baseball <laughs> has struggled with it. I appreciate it for Major League Baseball. I mean, again, this is just one way – uh, to keep your fans engaged. So you got to read, you got to instant replay, keep them engaged. Let's let them know what's going on. So I'm not opposed to it. Again, I'm, I've been huge on just baseball and just trying new things. It won't hurt the sport to have no. umpires mic'd up. It would be odd though. Unlike any other sport, we don't get to hear umpires talk. We never yeah. hear umpires talk. Nope. Never. Nope. Just never, 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 never. Unless, unless the, um, you know, the skipper runs out and he has to chew them out for something. We don't hear major league umpires really talk so it'll be interesting to see those guys now with the spotlight on them for two or three minutes you yeah. know how do they handle I, I don't want to call it pressure but maybe it is pressure how do they handle this moment now they have to engage with the tv audience and the fan base uh, the fans in attendance so i'm interested to see how that plays out but i like the rule yeah I, look I, I think this one's simple um when when you when you have the, the idea of replay anyways, when you bring that into a sport, you might as well tell everyone why you came. You don't have to. I mean, I guess there's nothing that says you have to, right? The freedom, right. freedom of speech is, uh, I guess, a, a thing. Uh, you don't have to tell anyone what, you know, uh, uh, what, what you're doing or why you're doing it. You have your rights to whatever. But, you know, in, in a league where, where people are watching and they want to know what happened, especially especially people who don't understand the sport, right? Like if there's someone watching that doesn't understand baseball that well, they probably want to know how the ruling came down and, and, and why you came to that conclusion. Um, so this is a great opportunity just to, to you know, help fans learn um, and, and, and help fans understand why you made a call. So I love it. Um, I think it's good. If you're going to have review, you might as well tell people how you, what you saw in the review. Uh, what you saw in the replay and why you decided, you know, to call that guy out or safe or whatever it was. So um, I like it. I think it's good for baseball. Um, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know that it changes the game necessarily, but it, it's just, it's good for the fans. I think it's good for viewers. And um, you mentioned, gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting now my mind is going. Um, just like the umpires. Yeah, umpires. We haven't you know, heard being able to speak. Yeah, we haven't heard them talk. Um, it's going to be weird to see that because we've not heard umpires talk, so I, I agree on that one. Um, it's going to be like like basketball because we didn't hear basketball uh, referees talk really until we started seeing them go to the scorer's table, grab the microphone, and uh, say, hey, you know, this is what we saw. We're going to call it a flagrant one, you know, or, or whatever the case ends up being. So um, it'll be an adjustment at first. It'll be cool to see these umpires actually speak, see them look into the camera, Um you know, would it would have been nice to see Joe West, uh, one of one of one of MLB's favorite umpires. Would have been nice to see him uh, do do this. So, um, you know, too too bad Joe uh, hung it up right before we decided to change the review or to to start announcing reviews. Smart man, very smart man. Um, yeah. And this, I think this would be cool because we get to hear him talk. Uh, and this is just something now. I think this is one way to keep the umpires engaged. So there's been discussion about these robots. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the umpires are speaking more, maybe maybe that doesn't do anything for the robots, but we can probably just backtrack a little bit, you know, just kind of push, delay, prolong the insertion of robots. Because now we have the, the umps being able to, you know, voice their opinions. Uh, within the game, you know, actually, specifically, actually within the game. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see this. This is, this should be good. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we get some of those those arguments on camera and on the microphone too. That would be that would be good. Yeah, yeah, I think you probably would uh, catch more catch more of the uh, discussion from umpire to coach. Assuming assuming the mic's going to be 
spot on the umpire. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's set up in a dugout where they where they go look at the review. I don't know. But if the mic's hot on the umpire, yeah, that, that that'll make for for some good discussions uh, between umpires and players and umpires and coaches. So it, it should well, be yeah, fun. Check, check this out. I don't think the microphone is going to be on the waistline on the belt on the on the umpire's belt. I don't oh. think the umpire. I don't think the mic will be hot. I wouldn't oh. be surprised if ten times throughout the season, five. Maybe tens a little high. Five times that the mic is just accidentally hot. Well, yeah. they didn't intend for it to be hot. They turned it on by accident. They forgot to turn it off. And yep. we get some, you know, we get some quality manager umpire content. Uh, <laughs> with you know strikes or balls or you know a safe call at the plate, we yeah. get some of that. So I'm I'm excited for this one. This is I think this goes. I think this will go a long way in the sport of baseball. I think so too. I think so. Yeah. That's home. It is Friday. We have gotten away from this uh, for a few Fridays episodes, but we want to bring it back to cap off a long week. Uh, TV, would you like to get us started with a dad joke? You know what? I can I can do the honors of of getting getting uh, getting us started here. So, Kelvin, um, my boss uh, at work, you know I. He calls me. He calls me the computer all the time. Um, it's it's not because of my intelligence though. It's just because I fall asleep every fifteen minutes if I'm left un- unattended. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> a little different, a little different angle on that dad joke, but I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. So when you said when when it didn't consist of the intelligence, like where's he going with this? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> I fall asleep every 15 minutes. If I'm left fall asleep every 15 minutes. Is that another one you got off of off, off socials? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Maybe I need to update my – the way I uh, research for my, my dad jokes. Yeah, you, you might as well just get a Twitter account if you don't have one already. And, you know, that, that way – uh, we'll, we'll both be pulling pulling jokes off the off the social media, and uh, we can, you know, heck, maybe one day we accidentally grab the same one. Yeah, yeah, because my my dad jokes are like corny dad jokes. But speaking of sleep, I got a, another. I got a good sleep one for you. So it's odd how we both came to naps and sleeping on this on this dad jokes on dad home TV. If a child refuses to sleep during nap time, are they guilty of resisting arrest? <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, they are guilty. That's a good one. Yeah. Like I've heard that one before, but it took me a minute to remember it. I was like, I was like, what is it? Oh, yes. As soon as I heard the arrest, I was like, I know I've heard this before. What's the punchline? Yeah. And as soon as you said arrest, I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's that's I've heard that one too. I figured I'd bring it back because uh, yeah. I, I had two written down on my on my on my notepad here, and we brought up the sleep one. I was like, I just I'll just yeah. double down on the sleep one. So there you have it. Dad's home. We got right back to it with the dad jokes. Uh, another great episode in the books. Appreciate the time, TV. Yes, sir. And happy April Fools, everybody. There is no fooling around on this podcast other than the dad jokes. But happy April Fools. Every happy April Fools. Hey, everybody go watch both Final Four matchups. All what four Final Four. I've said that completely wrong. Watch both the men's and women's Final Four uh matchups. You're in for great television, you're in for great sports, you're in for great drama. And we will be here to discuss it all on Tuesday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>